This episode of Podcast Iron is brought to you by the second annual Boston Hot Sauce Festival. And guess who's going to be the judge? This guy. I'm going to be there tasting over 20 of the best of the best sauces coming to the table. We even have Don Julio showing up with some of the tequila. And the Bone Sauce is our official food sponsor. And I'm going to be there with a booth selling some of the best of the best in my skillet collection. For tickets and more information, go to bostonhotsaucefest.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Cast Iron Kyle, welcoming you to another episode of Podcast Iron, the podcast where we talk everything cast iron, history, identification, cooking, and collecting. Everything you need to know about cast iron skillets are right here. So hang on, let's take a ride. Yeah! All right. I got my host, my co-host here, Tyler. Thank you for another episode here. You make us sound great. And, uh, I do my best, man. Happy to be here. I appreciate Always. it very much. You're doing very yeah. well here. And uh, getting a lot of great feedback. I'm, I'm reading your DMs. I'm loving it, everybody. Thank you so much. I, I got a lot of questions about when the next episode was. I had a little sickness in between. I've been, you know, busy doing this and that. And we finally had to say, you know what? We're going to sit down and we're going to do this. Because this episode, dude... This episode, someone's stealing my car. Oh my god, a car alarm's going off right I, now? You hit the button? I meant to put my keys in my pocket. <laughs> All right. I'm leaving that in there. Screw it. I thought you have it. your keys in your hand. I've tried to put them in my pocket, and I guess and I you hit the, the po- you hit I've the panic button before. That. I didn't before. know that my car... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a baby crying. <laughs> someone's stealing me. Um, Beep. Beep, 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 That's exactly bees, it. Bees, it's, bees, <laughs> bees, bees, bees. My car's getting stung. My car's allergic to bees. There's just a cloud of bees behind it, and it's freaked out. Bees, bees, It thinks it's a bees. sugar cube. All right, dude. Uh, All right, let's get back. Uh, yeah, tell me, uh, the, you, you started the show off a little different today, because... That was cold. That was cold. We are wrapping up. We are, uh, you are ramping up all the details, getting everything ironed out for the Boston Hot Sauce Festival. We spent a good amount of prep today on the show, not prepping and going over details with that. Yes. Uh, We are bringing the podcast with us to this event, which will be a lot of fun for you folks listening as well. Yep. But um, tell me more about like some of the other things that we've been ironing out lately, detail wise. Well, so I decided to, well, they, First off, I'm absolutely flattered that they asked me to judge this thing. I'm, like, really yeah. happy about that. That made me feel like, all right, cool. They, somebody's noticing that I'm literally trying hundreds of hot sauces all the time. And, you know, I tried – I had the whole debacle with the heat meter thing, which uh, I'm not sure if I addressed that on the show or not. But basically, I was doing the one hot sauce every day for a year thing. And after, like, the 15th episode, uh, Instagram was like – Hey man, you need to put paid partnership on these videos because you're not putting paid partnership up. I'm like, hey man, no one's paying me. Like I can't, yeah, you I'm can't even t- do it to be nice. Instagram shocked that well, you're doing something for nothing. Well, what it is, is that they're seeing the amount of views I'm getting on stuff and they're yeah. like, well, these companies are getting this free exposure from you. So they're pretty much that you're, they're paying for it or you're paying. It's like, it's someone like has when, to pay for it. I'm like, no one is paying for it. The only payment I'm receiving is fucking hot sauce sent to my house yeah it's like on it's like on the radio when the program director doesn't like it that you're talking about a company that is not a paid advertiser oh or like (laughs) yeah you know you know we're not even gonna go down that road i don't want to say anything but um 
But yeah, basically, I. That's what it's like, though. It's like, hey, you're do. Hey, you, we need to be cut in on this. You need to mark this video appropriately. So what I've decided to do moving forward, without having to do the paid partnership thing, because it's not paid fucking partnering. Um, I'm just incorporating the hot sauces into my recipes slowly over time. All the companies that sent me stuff, I'm really thankful. I have all your stuff. Um, like this this past weekend, I did a pot roast episode or a pot roast recipe. Yeah, yeah. And one of the awesome hot sauce companies in New York, they're a fermented hot sauce company called Poor Devil Pepper Co. Mm-hmm. They ferment um, hot or they ferment um, peppers and then grind them up and like pepper flakes so i added a little bit of that to my pot roast give it a little kick so i'm just going to be incorporating these videos so if you're listening to this and you sent me hot sauce just know that i love it i'm enjoying it and i'm going to be featuring it in my videos one by one if you eat enough fermented peppers will you be drunk like fruit no because it's dried out the alcohol evaporates out of it if it was not if it was not evaporated oh no i got some pepper brine in there that'll fuck you up (laughs) um umami is almost like a tangy flavor like pork roll like it's a oh i like that yeah depth of it's like a weird Uh uh-huh like funky this shouldn't be food but it's really good food teriyaki-ish kind of twangy yeah twangy you know what i mean have you ever had fish sauce fish sauce it smells like well i I can tell you now no but i mean spider diarrhea but that's not a (laughs) I don't know why. <laughs> it would just be like a liquid web. What would that be? Bro, I meant to say, I meant to say baby, but I couldn't think of baby. And I was going to say small instead. person. And I went spurt like that to say, instead of small person. I went spurt and I went to say spider. I said spider. Spider diary. Sorry, guys. This is the first episode we've done this completely sober. We're usually oh. having beers and stuff, but we're drinking we're tea drinking like tea old today. men. Cheers. Nice. That's the power of Yeti right there. Did you hear that, Clank boys? That's how men cheer. Not one mark on that glass. (laughs) All right, let's get back on it, dude. This episode, I'm so excited because this episode, I feel like I'm airing out dirty laundry. This episode, we have strikes, we have fires, we have the cops. No way. Deaths. Oh, yeah. This is the one you've been waiting for. This this episode is all about Chicago Hardware Foundry. If you've never heard of Chicago Hardware Foundry, uh, people usually abbreviate them in in the skillet groups as CHF. Um, if you've ever seen a skillet has like a little diamond on the bottom at the six o'clock position with the number of the skillet inside the diamond with the little casting number on the right. Okay. Very, very, very well made skillets. Very, if I, if I were to say the word like clean, like very clean casting, like not yeah. a lot of casting flaws. Um, the only casting flaws with Chicago Hardware Foundry, and it's not even a flaw, like they did Dutch ovens and stuff. And back in the early 1900s, the lids did not sit like perfect on the Dutch ovens. So... That, that was every company, though. So oh. other than that, like, they were clean, sleek, yeah. really well-made skillets. So we're going to get into the history of that, and there's so yes. much cool stuff to go along the way. Dude, I can't. I saw this. I'm like, dude, I should text Tyler about this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Save it for the. Yeah, save it for the show, yeah. man. Save it for the show. Like save we always used show. to say. Like we always used to say. Um, let's get into the history of Chicago Hardware Foundry. Yeah. All right. Now, I, I, I know I've been around while you've talked about the different cast iron brands, and I've heard the Wapak, the Griswold. Yeah. But I I don't hear you talk about well, you this don't. one too much. Why don't you talk about this one too much? Well, because... Like, just in every day, coming across. Right. It, it's... It was a smaller company. They had At one time, they had 450 employees, which doesn't sound small. But when you look at the numbers that Griswold was putting up at the time, they had foundries and foundries and thousands of people. Chicago Hardware Foundry was only open for 38 years, early 1900s, 
competing with the big names. You know, they're in Midwest, harder to ship stuff out that way. Because at least if you're in Erie and, and, you know, Eastern Ohio, it was easier to get your stuff into the cities, Philadelphia, New York, Trenton. Sure, that's where so, it all started. That's where Industrial Revolution began, right? So Right, but yeah, Chicago, like, St. Louis area, that was still not as booming as New York at the time. So, sure. Um, I mean, it was. It was still the early 1900s, but as far as logistics goes, it was kind of in a position where like shipping was an uphill battle for them. So, Of course. So they, they started off, these two guys, their names are John Sherman and E.P. Sedgwick. In 1897, they got together. They're like, all right, man, cast iron shit is, is moving. Um, they started with uh, commercial products. They, they originally had started under the name of Chicago, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> More interesting one is Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago Hardware Manufacturing Company. And they're like, what are we going to do? We're going to do cast iron manufacturing. What are we going to manufacture? Anything Stuff. made out of cast iron. Yeah, so they did a lot of commercial products. They did a lot of kitchen products. They did stoves and sinks and all that stuff. And then people really liked the cast iron skillets they were making. So in 1900, they, they leased a new foundry building and they changed the name to Chicago Hardware Foundry in 1900. And they started focusing primarily on cast iron cookware. Okay. And they went on to be what I consider... Like, if I were to say they, they had really clean casting, like, would that make sense to you? Like, they're no, clean yeah, skillets. Like, we were talking about uh, WAPAC last episode. and oh, the uh, casting flaws. The yes. casting flaws, because they were cutting corners, they were the cheaper option or, or something like that. No, WAPAC was not the cheaper option. Well, but there they was some were... reason that they were cutting corners. I can't remember. Oh, it's because they were they were, they were were struggling as a company, I think, to... to so and, they bought the Erie Molds. Yes. And yes, that's, the, that's what we were talking about. So that's the big difference between WAPAC. I mean, for right now, it's just the, these ones did not have those kinds of casting flaws. There no. Was a lot more attention to detail and material yes. used yes. in processes. Okay. They didn't outsource Big anything. Deal. They didn't change a lot. They were just very clean, sleek. They were just like hardworking dudes making everything nice. And nowadays you hear something like that. You're like, oh, yeah, no, that's good. That's great. They, they have attention to detail. The, 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 the hurdle that must have been in 1890-something mm -hmm. well, I mean, had to have been so much more. Well, I would say ca casting flaws don't necessarily make a cast iron skillet bad. It makes them no, identifiable no, in certain but, time but periods. What I'm saying is something with that. Okay. That perfect is like, yeah, they were don't perfection. overlook that. <laughs> yeah. Don't overlook that exactly. fact for something from the turn of the century. Exactly. Like, that's a, that's a big deal. So, uh, Wapak's, I mean, to touch base on that episode, Wapak is my favorite brand of cast iron, uh, along with Erie. I never thought to ask you that question. Yeah. What is your favorite brand of cast iron? It's like, what's your favorite color? <sighs> slant logo Griswolds are like super where it's at. Like I have a slant logo Griswold number six that looks like it's been shot with a BB gun. It's all pelleted up. But dude, I could, that's like my filet mignon pan. Like I could that's cook cool. anything in that. And I have um, our great grandmother's uh, Griswold slant logo nine. Of course. Um, and I love Erie. It, it's, it would be Erie, Griswold, and, and it would be Erie, and Wapak, and Griswold. Erie, Wapak, Griswold in yeah. that order. Some Wapak stuff I have is just, just Quotes, undeniably. Erie? Yeah. No, earlier than that. Earlier than that. Earlier than that. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're getting there. You're getting but there. But anyway. So Chicago Hardware Foundry, 19, uh, 1900 we're at right now. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like I said, they initially started with commercial products, but they were getting really well known for their cast iron. They're clean. Cl they're, they're 
<laughs> keen clacking. Um, they're, yeah. they're clean casting with uh, very, very smooth casting, no markings. Um, the, the heat rings were kind of molded into the sidewalls. It was a very sleek design. Minimalist logos, minimalist markings. Like I said, the, the thing, it was a little diamond with a number in it, with a little letter. Very simple, it. small like, marking. Like 8. C and C was the pattern of the eight. You know what I mean? Just that's it. No, they're, they are also known as, um, they're identifiable by not having a number on the handle. If the eight was on the back, that's all it needed to have on it. We don't need an eight here and eight here and eight here, Put one on the back, damn it. And that's it. Yeah. Right. Like and if you put a diamond around it, so they know it's us, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. that. It's so, yeah. so smart. Yeah. Why would they put numbers all it's, over it? If you it, have the handle, you're going to have the whole pan, right? Exactly. And it, <laughs> dude, you know what? Think about it though. It's less shit to go wrong. Yeah, it's one less spot, steps. One little diamond. And if we less fuck it steps. up, we just glaze over the diamond, put another fucking little diamond. That's it. We don't have yeah. words and letters. And there's different Griswolds where the A and the R and the da, 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 and all, all missing. You know what I mean? So Instead of cutting corners with casting flaws, let's make the casting nice and stop putting so many eights on everything. Damn it. Absolutely. <laughs> there, yes. Exactly. Just put the fucking thing. One, one thing. I like it. So the minimalist thing, which is which I'm, which I'm, is a lifestyle I'm trying to gear towards more. Minimalism. More nowadays. Absolutely. Just, just simplifying things. Why, why do I need a smart? light switch i don't need that right i walk in the room i flip the thing on and it goes on and up what if i walk into a room and my phone is dead so you're basically gonna <laughs> like, start an ebay store and sell your shit right is that what you're saying yeah. um <laughs> everything but so, yeah minimalist i like it Great. minimalist design very clean sleek design yep. um they also manufactured under the names like um they call it ni resist uh Sanyware. And they also, for a very short period of time, they did a porcelain enameled line like most other cast iron um, companies at the time. Okay. Um, Seeing so, what sticks. So the, the thing is, they okay, so fast forward to 1900 to 1921, okay? Everything's cool. Everything's going good. They're making all their stuff. They're making skillets. They're making Dutch ovens. They're making hammered Dutch ovens, which are awesome products. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, you showed me. You showed me one. Yeah, I showed you the picture, the one on the the video I was watching. It's here cool looking. Yeah, to show you what hammered means. So picture like something dimpled, like if you took your finger in clay and just touched your fingerprint like a million times, it would look like almost like a how would you, like an armadillo shell or something. Yeah, yeah that's you know a what good I mean? one. Like, like yeah. an armor like plating a, um, almost. Yeah. Uh... Uh, like a truffle, looks yeah, like, like yeah, very, right, yeah, like if you like, zoomed yeah. in on a strawberry, like that yeah, that of kind yeah. of texture, exactly. Yes. So everything's going smooth for twenty years. Uh, the same guys are owning it. John Sherwin, E.P. Sedgwick, E.P. Sedgwick um, was the president of Chicago Hardware Foundry um, until nineteen twenty one. So nineteen twenty one, the guys running the factory, the president of the bill, the business, everything. One day everybody goes to work, and E.P. Sedgwick is dead. What? Leaving the company to be ran by John Sherman. How'd he die? I don't know. But John Sherwin had Sherman Sherwin had tricks up his sleeve because he was looking at other companies to acquire. And it's not written, but in my opinion, I don't think E.P. Sedgwick wanted to do that because as soon as E.P. Sedgwick died, they started acquiring all these other these other names, these other things, these other yeah. patterns, their styles. So it was like he had all this poison. stuff. I, got, I just got to wait for this guy to drop dead and then we'll go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I could finally have my way. And the other thing with Chicago Hardware Foundry, dude, they're, there's like nothing about them. They, didn't, they were very well known for not having written contracts. 
What? Like they're just like, yeah, dude, we'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, like a, like See, that so dude, there's no, there's no like, paper trail. Anything that was like a contractor. Yeah, yeah, I'll do the bathroom. You got to pay me up front. Boom, gone. You know what I mean? Like no written to shit. Wow, that's weird. That, that's we'll get to why else that was wrong. But anyway, E. P. Sedgwick died 1921. President of the company is taken over by John Sherwin 1921. That very year, 1921. Another popular skillet company that we'll be talking about, the favorite company, favorite Pequa, with all that stuff. We're gonna oh, get I thought to that you meant your favorite. I was like, Wapak? They're, they're, another, they're up there for me. I like favorite Pequa. They're very well okay. made. So in 1921, after E.P. Sedgwick died, John Sherwin and the Chicago Hardware Foundry Company acquired the favorite company. And I'm going to be teasing that for the next episode because we're going to get into favorite Pequa wear. Um, it was called the favorite skillet company or the favorite company. Um, or fav- the favorite stove and range. They went to favorite stove and range, favorite company, fa- best cooked in a favorite. Like they wrote all over the shit. Um, and then because of where it was located in Ohio, uh, I think it's either Pequa, the town, or Pequa, the county. I haven't really gotten all like, it's really hard to find all these details. You really got to dig for shit. Yeah, sure. So we're going to get into that. But um, anybody that loves cast iron knows the name favorite Pequa. They were acquired by Chicago Hardware Foundry, blah, blah, blah. I have an assuming name, too. This is your favorite pen. Right. You're so, going to love this. <laughs> so from 1921, when E.P. Sedgwick died, up until we'll go to, let's say, 1938. They're making, uh, they're, they're, they're just the one guy left running the place, right? One guy left running the place. They're making, and I resist. They're making sandyware. They're making porcelain enameled stuff. They're making favorite. They're making favorite Pequa wear. They're making all this stuff. Then in 1938, okay. After the great depression, everything's, you know, they made it through the great depression. Yeah, okay, things with, are coming with back the up. The dead pre- the, the guy, the, the president deal dies. and all that. Yeah. Everything. They made it through that. And then in 1938, summer of 1938, all 450 of Chicago Hardware Foundry workers decide to go on strike because they lowered their wages by 10%. And I don't blame them. 10%. Imagine your boss said, hey, man, you're going to come to work tomorrow, but we're going to pay you 10% less. Why? No, you're not. Why are you doing that? Yes, they didn't have a reason. They didn't have a now, reason? Now, they striked because they cut their wages by 10%, correct? And back to the whole no paper trail thing. He said, well, do you want to work here? We, I don't, we don't have a contract. Where's your contract? Where's your employment contract? Oh, you don't have one? Do you want a job? And he kind of like, I don't know if wow. it was that divisive, but that's why they striked. And I would say you don't strike when you're happy. So something changed. Well, no, yeah, it had to have been um, the 10% cut. But then for him to turn around and be like, well, it's not documented how much you were making before. I don't know. I'm, I'm going on record by saying I don't know if that was said. But the reason they striked, they gave two reasons in the things I wrote. One was the decreased wages and yeah. the lack of a written contract. Not lack of a contract or an agreement, a lack okay. of a written one. Of a, li- a written agreement. So these people were going to work like we don't have any kind of thing we to don't have anything us. Everything in concrete. was you. Union back then, union, union, union. Yeah. These people didn't even have paper to talk about their job. Yeah. So it was kind of fucked up. They, so we need we need things straightened out here, sir. And that's why we're getting picket fence. Yeah, listen signs. to this though, dude. When the fuck have you ever heard of a strike of over almost five hundred people lasting? The entire six company weeks? though. The entire company just drops ship and yes, jumps ship and wow. They didn't quit. They just went on strike. Well, you know what I mean. But they did it for six fucking weeks, dude. Six weeks, that's the entire company paused. Yes, and then they called the police. I, and that's why it tells me something fishy was going on, because they didn't call the police until week six. Who did? Who called the police? Chicago Hardware Foundry called the police. The bosses. The bosses. 
Why didn't they call him right away? Why didn't they call Why him the first week? Why did they wait six week, weeks to Because they were probably the doing involved. shady shit. And they were trying to, move to work stuff it out. Around. They were trying to work it out without Correct. the police. And they were like, no, you're fucking us over. We're going to do even more. Blah, blah, blah. And they, oh. then they called the police. The police came in like... like no. Yeah. 1938 riot police, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, come in. Go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they, so they, they, they call the police. The police come in, still summer 19, or uh, yeah, 1938. Yeah. They didn't reach an agreement and the factory mysteriously burned to the ground. And that was the last of Chicago hardware. Family. Oh my God. Really? Yes. That was it. That was it. It ended with a company-wide strike. The and then- strike hurt the company so bad they could not come back back from it. And the fire, the, the, dude, the, the basis of the fire is still a big piece of controversy because they don't know if the, the people owning the company did it and just said, okay, we're going to dissolve Scrap everything it. right now. We can't bring you back to work. There's no factory. It burned out. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or the people were like, you're, you're not going to pay us our money? <laughs> Yeah. And light the bitch up. And, and they, they don't, don't know. know. No. Wow. Still they don't know? I, I mean, there was mixed things and oh, my People great granddaddy saw it. Yeah, yeah, they could speculate and he said, she said, but nothing's on camera. Nothing's written down. Like they, There's just so much surrounding it that it makes me want to cook stuff in it. That's cool. There's so much controversy yes. around that. Yeah. And, I mean, it makes, mo- it makes, it, I, well, which do you think it is? I think it's that the people, the owners of the business could not run it the way they did for the first 20 years. They tried this and that, and they brought on different directors and board members and stuff on and off for 10 years. They couldn't get it right. And finally, they did get it right. So let me ask you, what did the police do when they got the police? What was the point of the police being called? Was it to disperse the crowd or to force them back into work? I, I think it was just crowd management, but everything I read said that, like, it was weird and like mysterious that they waited six weeks for the cops to come to do anything about, I guess. Yeah. yeah, To get rid of the crowd. It was either a little under six weeks or a little over six weeks. None of it is exact what I'm saying. So right after they get rid of the crowd with the police, all of a sudden just. That's the end of Chicago hardware foundry. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. Interesting. Like, that's like, I like so that juicy, story. dude. It's 100-year-old like gossip, dude. So that leads us to the next part of this conversation, which is the kinds of pans you can come across. Right. So they didn't make too many like yeah. crazy things. They were pretty much Dutch oven, chicken fryer, uh, skillet, griddle yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what I like about them. They were very minimalist. They didn't try to make all these wacky, crazy products. They like, didn't try to put their hands in a little bit of everything. They stuck to yeah, what worked kind of thing. I don't think I've ever seen a CHF waffle maker. I'm sure they exist, but they're just... Well, they, you said they started out in a bunch of different areas, but then they kind right. of... Right, I mean, but I don't look under the down. sinks to see what make the sink is. I mean, I should, dude. We have a cast iron sink here. That'd be funny. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. If it was a... Like, dude, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but they... I but know what would it be if this house was made in the 60s? It doesn't matter. Stuff existed before the house. Well, um, yeah, but I assume it would have been new. Could have been. Could have been, hey, this was in my, my granddad's shop. I want to bring my, that over. This is my granddad's kitchen sink. <laughs> my granddad. Um, That's where the this, phrase came from. This is my granddad. That's I'll where the phrase came from. for you. The sink is a granddad. <laughs> my, my grandfather is the sink. Turn the water. 
<laughs> That's what I didn't mean to say it that way. It's leaking. Um, but yeah, if you have any um, Chicago Hardware Foundry pans, uh, Dutch ovens, anything like that, I just sold a uh, a uh, Chicago Hardware Foundry Dutch C-H-F. oven. CHF. Um, the guy that bought it uh, actually messaged me and was like, hey, the lid's not sitting, you know, crazy flat on this thing. Welcome to the CHF No, world, welcome man. to any Dutch oven pre-1930, but oh. I told him, I was like, no, cook with it, you'll love it. And the thing is, when Griswold talk about, we'll do a little sidetrack here on Dutch ovens, when Griswold uh, perfected the Dutch oven in like the 40s-ish, I would say not, not the 40s-ish, I would say maybe like I don't know, maybe like the 20s, 30s, whenever they, they marketed as the tight top Dutch oven. Mm. Fuck everyone <laughs> we figured it out it fits <laughs> but some of those some of those lids are so tight like if you don't get the right one for your skillet oh you can get it stuck on there it's tight and you'll hear when it's letting out air oh because it's, it's almost very airtight. rare for that to happen because it's almost airtight well yeah with, but there's so the much weight, there's not the enough weight. room for the the air to pass by yeah so yeah 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 but also with cast iron it actually it, you don't notice how big it expands, but cast iron is so porous when you heat it up, it actually does like expand yeah, and move sure. and stuff. So um, to the guy that uh, bought the um, Chicago Hardware Foundry Dutch oven from me, I messaged him. I said, just cook with it, use it. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. It's period correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you have a Dutch oven and it looks really old and the lid doesn't sit right on it, it's it's okay. That's how it was made. That's how it was made, and that's how they cooked with it. Everybody Today, was good enough. How it's made. You know what I mean? So yeah. So I'm thinking about down the road. Um, eventually, we're going to run out of um, manufacturers and, and history on the manufacturers. I kind of want to go deeper into like we'll do a couple episodes on types of griddles and why they're important, what they're good for, what they're bad for. Then we'll go to Dutch ovens, what they're good for, what I like to cook in yeah. Dutch ovens, all yeah. that stuff. Like I yeah. just cooked a a pot roast this weekend in a um I bought a a, a staub. It's called. Uh, Staub, 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 it's, it's French. Staub. Uh, it's a little Dutch oven enameled inside, so you can like use soap on it and stuff. So oh, okay. um, they're really cool. I like them because Christy and I both can use them. Not that she can't clean the cast iron. I just a lot of the time I don't want her to take the extra step if she's going to cook. I would be I mean? afraid to use one of your cast iron. Oh, pans. there's a stack of them that I don't okay. let anybody touch. That's what. I, that's what I. I don't blame her. That was my first <laughs> so, gift I gave her when we were dating. A cast iron. I gave man. her a Wagner six. Well, I was like, because oh, I was telling her about it and cooking with it and all that. I was like, here's yeah. one for you. It's a Wagner Six. Um, <laughs> one day you're going to... That's gonna, what every gal drinks One again. day we're going to buy a house together. It's going to be 50 of these. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be 50 <laughs> of these. <laughs> I remember telling her, dude. You're going to be so sick of these things. It's, it'll be five years. Well, we've been together more than five years, but we've been, a, I guess you could say, official. Um, five years, it'll be in a couple weeks in March. Five and, years already? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I remember telling her, like, man, should I tell her how weird it is that I'm, how much I'm into cast iron or not? I don't know. Yeah, maybe I should. Look at this I cook. She's like, wow, what else did you cook? I'm like, get ready for a lot of picture messages. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, right there, actually, there's a lid tight top Dutch oven. See, they made it their their that selling is point. huge, by the way. That's like 13 and a half inch diameter lid That's right a there. number 12 Dutch oven lid. You know why I have just That's the lid? huge. Because I don't have the bottom to bathe a baby giraffe in, okay? I don't, you don't have a bottom? You don't have the bottom to cook no. your witch's brew in? Yeah, dude. That thing would be fucking... <laughs> that is a heat. cauldron. That is a cauldron, that's yeah. Not a, yeah, that's a cauldron is what that is. Yeah, thank you very much there, <laughs> it's Grizzle for, 12. It's for I, cooking children in. <laughs> I use it as a skillet lid on a number 12. It fits on a number 12. That's a 12. good idea. I yeah. mean, it's the same size. So that's cool. that's the juicy shit behind Chicago Hardware Foundry. I so love it, dude. Check that's it great. out. Go on... Uh, 
Go on my Instagram page and uh, shoot me a DM if you want to see some pictures of Chicago Hardware Foundry. I'm going to try to find a little bit more because as I educate you guys with these brands, people ask me, hey, do you have any of that stuff? So I'm going to try to get some more CHF. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This episode of Podcast Iron is brought to you by StayClassyMeats.com. You can beat inflation and pre-order your eighth of a cow right now and save a whole ton of cash. And if you want, you can save even more by using promo code Season or Die. That's from me, Cast Iron Kyle, and that will save you 15% off your entire order. Stay Classy Meats is your number one place for beef, pork, bison, chicken, elk, fish, jerky. They even have pet treats, and it goes straight from the pasture to your refrigerator. StayClassyMeats.com, promo code Season or Die. This episode of Podcast Iron is brought to you by the second annual Boston Hot Sauce Festival. And guess who's going to be the judge? This guy. I'm going to be there tasting over 20 of the best of the best sauces coming to the table. We even have Don Julio showing up with some of the tequila. And the Bone Sauce is our official food sponsor. And I'm going to be there with a booth selling some of the best of the best in my skillet collection. For tickets and more information, go to bostonhotsaucefest.com. Man, you love that commercial? Only took us one read. Woo! Perfect. Yeah, we did. Uh, in the middle of that break, there, we did put together that commercial you just heard for <laughs> for the for, Boston uh, Hot Sauce Festival. Yeah, well, I wanted to ask you about that because we were going over, like I said, some of the details of what we're going to be uh, doing those that weekend in Dude, April, uh, May, April, end of April. Yeah, end of April. Last weekend yeah, in April. April 29th and 30th. We'll actually be there the 28th through the first. Yep. But, um, you know, towards the end of the 28th or whatever, I'm uh, actually going to be announcing later this week, hopefully, uh, a brewery where we can do a little hangout before the... Bef- Ooh. Yeah, brewery where we can actually do a little hangout and talk about the festival. say that again? <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, this week, I'm going to be finalizing some details on a brewery that Ooh. we can meet on Friday night and hang out. So if you're up there for the show, we can all hang out. So details to follow. Um by the time this episode comes yeah, um, out, you may be already knowing the information. We'll see. Just keep uh, keep a watch out on my Instagram. Um, it's exciting, and the podcast is coming with us. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do we're gonna do a field report. Yeah, we're gonna do a we're gonna. I think I don't know if we're gonna wind up doing a whole show there. We might. We'll see how the days days go. But we're at least going to be inviting some of these some of these folks that oh, make yeah. these hot sauces into the conversation well, and I talk mean, to them about their craft. It'll be cool. Some of these people I know from doing business and stuff over the years. Like, there's some people that are coming there that I'm actually like excited to to see again. That you've or, or people that you've only ever conversed with through like Instagram and stuff. No, or? I wouldn't seen them at the the, the um oh couple of the shows. Yeah, back like in the, the fall, the New York one and uh, the one that was in in Flemington. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just from yeah, and a lot of back and forth online. So, so what's the deal if uh when I when I show up there, oh, I'm just gonna see am I gonna see a bunch of booths with everybody's individual hot sauces or what's well, going to happen? We're doing things a little bit different. I am getting together with John from White House Station, who's one of the guys that's helping put a, putting the show together. White House Sauce Co. <laughs> um, I mean, White House, White House Station Sauce Co. is one of my favorite hot sauce companies. I've been a fan yeah. of them for over 10 years. <laughs> um, he made a, a great pumpkin hot sauce, a peach hot sauce, a table sauce. Like, I just love 
I love John Sauce. And John's a hell of a nice guy. I love the guy a lot. Um, it's going to be me and the hot sauce king, Anthony Miranda, um, and myself. Uh, we're going to be tasting uh, submissions from each of these companies blindly. I'm going to be doing a blind. It's almost like a sommelier with wine or sommelier with wine. Yeah. I'm going to be blind taste testing um, the submissions from these companies. And How we many have, submissions is it? I'm not sure. I think it's... See, that the details... If The more details we know, the like... They're kind of making it just like so we know it's over twenty vendors it, are going to be attending, but over not, twenty sauces but, alone, but yeah, twenty sauces, but not all of them are com- are going to be in the competition segment. Mm-hmm. Okay, and okay, so that's the thing. So as a patron, as someone showing up there, there's going to be all these different uh, booths of all the different uh, hot sauce vendors there, along with right. some of the other sponsored vendors as well. Right. So you're going to have food. You're going to have all these different hot sauces you can taste, test, and buy. I assume, right. and uh, and uh, some tequila as well. It sounds. Oh like. yeah, Don Julio is going to yeah. be there. Yep. yep so yep. we got a food um, vendor. Um, it's got called, a food vendor. It's called the Bone Sauce. Um, I'm not sure about entertainment as of right now. It it's very weather permitting. Well, no, but I mean some there'll background be music noise. for sure. That's what I mean. Oh music. yeah, there'll be yeah. music. Yeah, so you got music. You got good food. You got hot sauce. You got oh, tequila. Yeah. You got podcast iron. We you got <laughs> cast iron Kyle. And you're gonna get the full cast iron Kyle flea market experience. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna be bringing a bunch of cast iron, a bunch of glassware, cookware, just some old kitchen stuff. Awesome. I'm gonna be set up. I'm gonna have meat grinders. Um, so some of the awards, like we we uh, designed these awards yeah um, so, so the the uh fenway park where the uh, boston red sox play uh-huh. the wall the home run wall it's called the green monster so i was like why don't we have the each company that wants to submit a green sauce submit it and the award will be called the green monster award nice and then the other one was uh the wicked pissa award <laughs> yeah um which what was, wasn't what which what what wins you that title I'm uh, not sure the details of how it's chosen because what we're doing is we're taste testing and we're writing the notes, putting them in order, and they're taking that information to give the awards for. So it's like going to be a whole layer of green sauces, and that's just going to be the green monster. But the other three are yeah. going to be based on just the blind taste testing. The other one, um, the other name I came up with was the Fenway Fire Award, and it's going to be the best hot sauce that you could design to go on a hot dog. Oh, perfect! So uh, if they thought that was that's a good, a good idea. idea. Yeah, yeah, to get the to to get more into the Boston feel right, again, right? Exactly. Yep. We got the and Wicked Pisso Award, and then the Boston Fire. Yeah, the yeah the Fenway Fire. Fenway Fire. I mean, the Green Monster Award uh, for Monster. the best green sauce. Yeah, and the Wicked Pisso Award, and then there's one more that is yet to be announced. And so we have the name for the award. We just don't know what we're going to be given that one for the the Wicked Pisso. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah, because because the more information they give the judges, the more we can kind of like tailor it to. So basically, they wanted to do the green one. We know what the green sauces are going to be, but the other ones are going to be. That we we're literally just going to be categorizing all of them. It'd be like, okay, well, this one is this, this one is this. The the awards are cool looking, like. So it's not like they're going into it saying, "I hope I win the Wicked Pissa Award." It's Exa- just yes, this is the, just my it's source the, it's could backwards. win any of these. It's backwards, basically. Right, we're like we're going to submit it, and if you get a a, a award for something for yes. some category, it might yep. be one of these. And I am going I see to what be. You're saying. I got you. Yes, that's. That it, clears it up. I don't want it yeah. to sound like a lack of information. It's actually a lack of no, my is, information so I can judge still, it properly. This is all still being curated in real time right Absolutely. now. So, so that's, that's, you know, this is firsthand information here. I've also decided, uh, I was talking to John, I'm going to give out the uh, Sizzlin' Skillet Award for the best hot sauce to go on a food cooked in cast iron. 
How awesome is that? That's a good one. Cause yeah. then, and then, and then they're going to win a pan. Is that what it is? Yeah. They could win a skillet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, an actual. Oh, I'm going to bring a, I'm going to bring a fucking big one too for him. That'll be sweet. I'm going to clean up a nice. Can't wait. Once, when you nail down what one that is, that's some useful information to put oh, out yeah. there as oh, well. Oh yeah. 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 yeah well, I mean, cool. they'll get the award. I'm going to take a, uh, you know, a small regular. No, I mean, something to talk about on the show. Oh, we for get sure. Everything up going, uh, oh, you know, yeah. everything going. That's all. I'm going to like mount it on a piece of like wood and shit, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah the uh, the sizzling skillet award, cast iron Kyle. Well, it'll be exciting, man. I'm looking forward to it. I know some of the details are still being ironed out, but a lot of progress has been made, and it sounds like the thing is really starting to come together. So we're uh, we're all looking forward to the uh, we're all looking forward to the event. It's going to be a good time. We're going to be there, like we said. We're going to be recording the podcast. We're oh yeah, be talking to all of these folks are going to be a part of the show. And from the um, a couple episodes past, we had PJ from uh, yeah pa- yeah Paul be here yep. too. He's the videographer. He's going to yep. be documenting the whole thing too putting together a nice video for us uh for you for your youtube channel right well he's gonna be just going there and 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 networking with people like who knows they could want him to come shoot a video of them with their sauces i want these people to see because his work is awesome they'd be foolish not to so absolutely great stuff so not a surprise yeah and also along for the ride i'm gonna have my buddy phil from uh instagram at at paired pints yeah you've done some lives with him back in the day yeah he came over and cooked here the dude knows flavor he's not like the biggest so hot sauce bug, but you don't have to be to be in this. So what is his wheelhouse? Pairing pairing beer with food? Yes, but he's also got a very cultured palate. He likes meatless food sometimes. Sure. He likes umami flavored things. He's He can do spice and sweet. He's just so good at coming up with unique recipes. I'm, I'm just so happy to have him there so I can be like, hey it's dude, a, it's here's another, what I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Yeah, because it's another cultivated palate. To bounce well, it. It's a good, Absolutely. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. I, cool. I want him to meet some of the people that are there. I want him to collaborate with recipes on them that with them and you know maybe get some posts going with them i just want everybody to come and have a good time and fun and the cool thing about the whole thing is you doing the podcast pj doing the videos and and um photos and phil doing the photos none of it is like you need to do this there's no schedule they're not being paid they're not like a you know they're not gonna overwork them we're all there to just have fun and network that's all this is all there we're gonna have fun we're gonna network but also if for some reason you can't make it to boston that weekend we are going to be covering everything, so you will be able to find out all what's going on. Right. We will have the uh, we will have the recordings for you. We will have the footage for you. Kyle will be posting things on updates on his Instagram, so there will be plenty of information put out there in real time as it's happening as well. So we're looking yep. forward to all of that. Yep. Um, I wanted to. Hey, um, what I thought of a better way to do the cast iron Co- the sizzling skillet award. Maybe I could give the award out. For the best hot sauce that I will incorporate in my next Instagram reel. Or that could just be part of the award. Yeah, saying it was. Yep. Yeah, this was my favorite. Congratulations, you get a pan. And the I'm gonna feature it. Award. I'm gonna feature it yeah. in my next my next uh, recipe post. I, I think that's a great post. idea. I like it, man. Yeah. Well, that'll be cool, man. Lots of content will be born out of that event as well. So there's gonna be a lot of information coming out later about it, and a lot of information and uh, pictures and audio and video, all kinds of content after. Fun experience. It'll be cool, man. So have you ever you been to Boston? It, yeah, once. Right, just well, drove through. It. Just right. drove through it to go to South Carolina. So I've never. Okay. I, I just saw it through the window. Bye. Probably shouldn't have asked that right now. But let's go to break.
This episode of Podcast Iron is brought to you by StayClassyMeats.com. You can beat inflation and pre-order your eighth of a cow right now and save a whole ton of cash. And if you want, you can save even more by using promo code SEASONORDIE. That's from me, Cast Iron Kyle, and that will save you 10% off your entire order. Stay Classy Meats is your number one place for beef, pork, bison, chicken, elk, fish, jerky. They even have pet treats, and it goes straight from the pasture to your refrigerator. StayClassyMeats.com, promo code SEASONORDIE. Hey, oh, are we recording? Welcome back to Podcast Iron. <laughs> yes, we are back. Welcome yes. back. <laughs> this music means we're getting into a list, and I was like, oh, is this list man? And Kyle goes, uh, uh, opinion boy? <laughs> opinion boy? I've noticed a gain in popularity in waffle makers on my page. Whenever oh, yeah? I post one, it goes right away. They okay. are a pain in the butt to restore, but Why they are so... Because there's little notches inside. Oh, it's you just lots of one? nooks and crannies. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, I've you. seen... Yeah. Oh, you have one right there. Yeah, I got it's a, got its own shot. little stand and everything, right? Yeah, so this is a... This is called a high base waffle iron. Yeah. This is owned by someone else. Yeah. Um, I just need to ship it, but I decided to keep it because I wanted to do this list. I found it work that I wanted to... That's, that's odd. This waffle iron is owned by somebody else, uh, but I wanted to keep it out for the show. So it's got these coiled handles that are that keep cool. Yeah, of course. You've got air heat. transferring through them, yeah. If you could figure out how to make those, you'd be a millionaire because people need them. They rotted first. Um, but basically, in the inside, oh. you have your classic waffle maker restoring all those little cracks. The little crevices. nooks and crannies very, in there. Very, very yeah. difficult. Um, it's worth it because so they're great butter traps. You put this over your burner. And you put your your waffle mix in here. So so for people like listening, this. it's it's the waffle iron's pretty much in a stand right now that, that that's and it's keeping got it about knuckle. like five or six inches above what would be the cooking surface. And like a ball spot. A ball ball spot. A ball knuckle. No, yeah, almost. it's a ball knuckle on the one end so on the you, hinge end there, so that you can, you, you, turn can it. you can turn it without opening it up. A boom. Yeah. So, that, so it hovers above the surface there and makes some right. waffles. So they are... I, it's funny. Like, when you picture, like, late 1800s, you don't picture people having waffles. No, that's not a luxury it, almost. It's not, yeah, it sounds way too Luxury. complicated. Yeah, that too. But but that's not the case. That's funny. But uh, so, so so they're growing in popularity. Absolutely, I find them flying off the shelves. I've I've noticed the price increase from my buyers, uh, my sourcing material. Like it's just it's just. Wonder why? I don't know because they're great. Well, maybe because of lists like this from tasteofhome.com. This is the best waffle toppings you've never heard of, and it was interesting. Ooh. I love when when I pick a list for the show. It's usually something I look through. and I'm like, I would eat that. I would eat that. That sounds awesome. Just Why never thought I think about, about it. Yeah, stuff like so, that. Yeah, when I it comes, like this. When it comes to waffles, I think it's about time we move past the standard butter and syrup routine. Unless you're using spicy maple syrup from the Spicy Shark, who will be at the second annual hey. Boston Hot Sauce Festival. I love that shiata. Um, it's certainly delicious um, with a honeycomb pattern and fluffy. Sweet taste. A plain waffle brings something quirky and special to the plate. So, what you can do, here's, there's five different things you can do, and they give examples of how to do it. I brought the bell. So, number one, make them healthy. Uh, waffles don't necessarily be, need to be mounted. Boo! Make them healthy. Waffles don't necessarily... <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Waffles. <laughs> 
It's like you hear Steve when he was pretending to be. I sounded like a fucking teapot. I was gonna say, Kyle. I think you're. I think you're coming to a boil. I'm steep. Steep. You've been no. steeped. Um, you're steamed. Make them healthy. Waffles don't necessarily need to be mounded with butter and sugary syrups to be delicious. Lighten them up with a whole grain batter. Fresh waffle toppings and nutrient-rich ingredients. They go from weekend indulgence to weekday jump starter. Try these ideas. So they list out some of the healthier ideas. Here's some oh, of the ones okay. that stand out. Greek yogurt with honey and blueberries. So blueberries sure. are very... Um, like very low in sugar, very low in carbs. They're very like keto friendly, you know. But for they got a lot keto. of flavor. Um, because if you're doing keto, you want to avoid carbs. So if you're gonna, you know, hunker down and have a waffle and like have a cheat day with it, if you're doing keto, put some blueberries on there and a little Greek yogurt. Right as cool. rain. Yeah. Um, almond butter, which I think is awesome. I think almond butter has really good flavor, almost like peanut butter, but almond butter higher in protein. I've never had that. Try it, dude. Go if you're you're into working out now, as we saw in your picture, you're getting buff here now. <laughs> go to um like Whole Foods or Wegmans or something like that and get different nut butters. Like you can get almond butter, you can get yeah. pecan butter. And and you um, put that on on instead of what would you substitute? Substitute inst- butter or instead of yeah, just smear it on there and eat it on bread. On the on a, on the go. On, on, yeah. Yeah, dude. Okay. All right. Um Hmm. Yeah, almond butter, and then you could put like sliced apples. You could do a little honey on that. I would because almond sure. butter isn't sweet. Um, they have ones with sugar added to them. I would stay away from those because mm. it's not. It's like less unnecessary. Yeah. So you put little almond butter on there, and then little little honey. I would love that. That's a great idea. Um, you could also take a fried egg with avocado being the binder. You could take Ooh. like avocado and smear it on there, and just put the egg go, on go there. Go savory. Yeah. You don't think savory right. when you think waffles, unless no. you're doing chicken and Even waffles. A little, a little. You could sprinkle a little bit of cut up tomato on there, maybe something like that. Yeah, really good. I, I think. I like the avocado thing. That sounds really good. But avocado I, and egg. Eggs goes well together. I'm a big fan of that waffles can be crunchy but sweet and wet, like soaky kind of. Like I like a hoagie that has crunchy bread on the outside but like soft inside, maybe yeah, like wet where, inside. Where it kind of sups, yeah, up, sups that, it up like a sponge. That texture does something yeah. to your brain because literally it's not a flavor, it's a texture. Texture matters. And texture matters, absolutely. <laughs> um, you could also do um, different sliced fruits like <laughs> sliced kiwi, pineapple, uh, toasted coconut. And then this one was weird. I don't know how I feel about this. Applesauce with cinnamon and like chopped nu- walnuts. I I mean I guess it just sounds like you're trying to make it a it apple like, pie. What else do I have in the uh, fridge? Apple crisp? I don't know. I don't I don't feel weird about that. Mm, apple it sounds like apple mm. crisp kind of. Dude, imagine taking a piece of bread. Okay. Uh, Side sidecar man, um, <laughs> take a piece of bread with a little applesauce, cinnamon, and a little bit of butter. Put another piece of bread on top, and then grill it like a grilled cheese sandwich. How would that be? It would be like, like apple a, 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 apple pie bread, apple I, pie sandwich. I apple, uh, dude. That's like when that's literally what Nick did. Apple slices. I almost said that. Apple <laughs> slices. <laughs> Instead of apple slices, he said apple slices. Apples and bananas. So now here's here's list uh interesting. Or, Back to waffles. So here's number two. Go savory and do waffles for dinner. Yeah, what? Who says waffles have to be fun and stop at breakfast? Wait, no, no. The breakfast police. Wait, wait, here we go. <laughs> number two, go savory for dinner. Who says the waffle fun has to stop at breakfast? The waffle police. I love the idea of sandwiching hearty ingredients between two waffles for a filling lunch. So they list what? they list waffles as the yeah. bread, dude. But that sounds this. like heavy. It sounds it, like a lot. Yeah, unless it's like a. I mean, that doesn't make a heavy waffle. It makes it's a, a flat, pretty it's a good thin waffle. Yeah, with the holes are bigger. Like you can mm. really fit some stuff in there. Um, you don't want the last one though. No. 
<laughs> David does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, there's a, there's a whole huge list here. Some of the ones that stood out to me. Um, you could do creamy chi uh, chicken with spinach. Um, you could do like sliced uh, lunch meat with cheddar, mayo, and, and yeah, whatever. Yeah, so it's literally yeah. replacing the bread the with bread. waffles. Um, this one was cool. Sweet corn and spicy maple syrup together. That actually sounds pretty damn good. I like sweet corn desserts and side dishes. Okay. Like mom makes the corn pudding kind of thing. Yeah. I could see that being great with a waffle. With some spicy? Yeah. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. syrup. I don't, I've never had spicy maple syrup. That's my syrup, idea. Though, but, yeah. but I mean, spicy maple syrup with corn on a waffle, that sounds awesome. That does sound pretty good. Uh, pork chops with a little sliced pear and maple syrup as well. Hey, that sounds good. Yeah. Now we're talking thin yeah. sliced pork chops. with how, Just ham with syrup on it. Did you ever so make, good. Like it, bacon covered in, in your in your maple syrup. Stuff like that. Did you ever, yeah. did, did you or Court ever make, um, you know, like a pork tenderloin you can yeah. make? Yeah. When that's done and you have it, don't, when next time you make one, only slice half of it and let the rest get cold and then slice it real thin and make a sandwich out of it. Oh, yeah. Very that sounds good. good. You know who used to, yeah. Baby used to do that all the time. Yeah. She would keep a pork tenderloin, cut little pieces off of it, make a sandwich. Make a sandwich really out good. of yeah. it. That sounds good. Um, yeah. Fried chicken with avocado, salsa, jalapeno, maple syrup, um, fried chicken with sriracha honey. Basically, chicken, spicy, and sweet on a waffle is so I've good. I've never had chicken and waffles. Oh, I have. All over Tennessee, they're great. Court likes it. My wife, Court, loves them, too. She's had them a couple of times, she says, long ago, but... Uh, Chicken and waffles sounds really good. Long ago. <laughs> Long but she, ago. It's been a while, but when she used to eat meat, but I want to try them. It sounds really good. How long has she been meatless now? Oh, since the summer, I think. Really? A little before this. So is she fish-free, too? Like pescatarian? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, the one that sounds like a religion. <laughs> no, a pescatarian is... No, I mean, the just... word sounds like a religion. Pescatarian. It sounds so, like, oh, I, I got to go to church. I'm a pescatarian. Does she eat eggs? Yeah. Okay, so she's not vegan. Good. Right, no, it's just some meat. She just doesn't like the texture of the meat. Okay. Uh, the the standard Will chicken she eat steak. Shrimp or? She'll have shrimp. She'll have fish. Good. So it's pescatarian. Okay. So, right. So so yeah. she's good with that. No, but, that's good. Uh, I know a lot of pescatarians. I think it's a great idea. It's been a, it's been a little bit of a of a learning curve because you got to find other ways to get more protein in your diet because that's oh, all gone. Dude, nut butters are so. the best. Dude, tell I'm telling you, nut butters can give you crazy yeah. amounts of Greek yogurt. Dude, remember I showed that's you the Greek yogurt does. shakes. That's I what she does. You? She has yogurt with the with the where you put granola in it and all that. That's always oh. good too, like a parfait kind of thing. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's good stuff. Oh, speaking of protein but. shakes, I have some coming to the house. Maybe I'll send you home with one. See if you like it. Protein shakes? Yeah, I, I mean, do have it them. Depends though. Yeah. I do have them after the workouts. Sometimes before the workouts, they they give you a lot nah. more. Tomorrow, than you realize coming. but they're good they're good too i have that little um that milk frother mixer type thing. oh I yeah, use that. yeah i use yeah, that yeah. to mix the protein yeah. instead yep, it's just yep, a little yep, faster yep. you know but uh so some interesting ways to play with some waffles and now it's weird that waffles are are coming back though or not Dude, coming back listen, listen to, to some of these but i mean that that all of a sudden you're seeing a spike like this yeah. and you're, you're in such a weird I'm position you're in such a weird position where you're one of the few people that could actually observe something a trend like that oh, and, oh yeah. you know what i oh, mean yeah. like most um, people wouldn't know anything about that you're just like oh cast iron yeah but like within the cast iron category yeah there are fluctuations well we got a ton when we went out to pittsburgh that time they all moved yeah that's they're right they're all gone man yeah. remember the ones gone. you told me about one of the episodes in the beginning where you found the stand for one and the the actual waffle yes, itself yes, two different people yes, yes we're like hey what's this and it's like hey guess what and then i <laughs> sold it back to the other guy that needed oh, the handle. Did? yeah oh that's cool it was cool yeah, yeah. He, he, he they listened to that episode um what's next on your list number there? three Add waffle toppings that are completely over the top. What? And they named them. Here you go. The Elvis. Peanut butter, 
Sliced bananas, opiates, and bacon strips. (laughs) (laughs) I glanced over that mentally for a second. I was like, yeah. Peanut butter, banana, opiates. Yeah, wait, opiates. He was a big pillhead. That's probably yeah, why he died. I know. Um, I know. Anyway, Elvis. The Elvis is peanut butter, sliced bananas, and bacon strips. That sounds pretty damn good. Yeah, it does. Uh, the Sunday the bacon strips. Mm. Have your waffle with a little bit of ice cream, with some chocolate syrup, caramel syrup, whipped cream, rainbow sprinkles, Dude, whatever you say- want. A waffle with ice cream is great. I like the idea of the wa- uh, uh, apple crisp thing where you got the apple, the oats, and the cinnamon mm. with some vanilla ice cream Ooh, on it, that's too. That's a good one. A- apple crisp waffle. Do you put your head out of the window in the car when you're driving down the road? Why? I don't know. What, who does that? Dogs? <laughs> Dog joke. It was a horse joke. The oats. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. Why, yeah, yeah. Why don't you go get your shoes nailed? Stupid. <laughs> get Sorry. your shoes nailed, stupid horse. <laughs> this was a horse joke. <laughs> How's that like? Was that thunder? a dog joke? No, it was a horse joke. Why don't you go I get mean, your dogs shoes put nailed? Their heads out there. <laughs> it's like an old school chop. <laughs> How's that like, Thunder? Oh, good, good. Very strong. <laughs> I gotta put you down. Many dogs were born here. <laughs> I was the one that could talk. Brian, how you doing? Oh, do? Brian, how are you doing? <laughs> Here's um, the waffle schmore. The waffle hey, schmore. Yeah. Marshmallow fluffernutter combined with oh. a little crunched up graham crackers and chocolate syrup. That sounds Hello. great. Hello. I love s'mores. I love s'mores. I love s'mores. Pop-Tarts. Everything. Dude, Everything. s'mores Pop-Tarts are like... like like Eucharist, dude. I love that. <laughs> I know um, they're the, they're the top tier pop tart in my opinion, but that sounds top, great. Top tier pop tart. Then next up on the next episode, best pop tarts, and the best way is you crisp them in a cast iron skillet. By the way, butter um, on a pop tart. You do that in a skillet. It's good. Yeah, I've, um, never, I've never done that. All right, this one's called the Southern Comfort Waffle. It's a macaroni and cheese topped waffle with <sighs> crumbled bacon on top. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, that does. If I were making batter for a waffle and I knew it was going to be a savory waffle, yeah. I would put Lowry's seasoning salt in the batter. I see. To get the salt right to off get the you, bat. Because it's still going to have that vanilla so kick to it always, like, right? Are we doing sweet and heat? Or Doesn't it kind going? of always have like a little bit of vanilla extract kind bit. of yeah, bit in the batter, yeah. right? So well, so you have that in there, but with the salt, now yeah. you're talking. Yeah, that's cool. Um, a Hawaiian waffle, crushed pineapple with sweetened shredded coconut pieces and macadamia nuts. And ukulele yeah, right. to taste. Um, I, I, I don't know. I almost started, you know what I almost did? What? Don't put this in it. I almost went. The whole beginning is just. Somewhere over the rainbow. Way up. The locks lover. Now, this is me. This is me. Locks lover? You lo- do you ever have locks on a bagel? Sliced salmon, the thin sliced salmon? No, I don't like fish. Oh, uh, okay, that's right. Well, this is cream cheese on a waffle with locks and capers on top. That sounds so fucking good. Mm. That's, oh my God. Um, and then the Benedict. Uh, Canadian bacon with a poached egg and hollandaise sauce. Almost like Eggs Benedict, but instead Ooh. of on a um, English muffin, you do yeah. it on a waffle. Yeah. And that is really a great way to get savory and out of the out of the uh you know the traditional thinking of a waffle and the last sure. part of our list part number 4 is to get creative with the batter 
Instead, oh, there you go. That's what I was just talking about with the right. vanilla extract. So what do you do with that? Instead of focusing largely on the waffle toppings, one of my favorite things to do is to use the unique ingredients in place of the plain waffle batter. Yeah. With a little nonstick grease, anything from brownie batter to leftover mashed potatoes can be made into waffles. Start with these fun twists. Dude, brownie when we batter. used to go visit Uncle Denny... Who was featured in one of my recent reels with yep. the Tennessee uh, skillets? Which yeah, was the picture of him in the back. Yep. Super cool moment for me. Just a side note, real quick. I've been looking for Dixie Foundry and Hardwick skillets like for years and years, and yeah. I finally found them literally two hours apart. Wow. Like first time ever, both of them both right of them. next they're to each n- other. Like are they that. are they crazy valuable? No, not at all. They're rare because they're not like weren't like mass not produced, everywhere. Yeah, but they're not like a collector skillet. Yeah. But for me, they were in Tennessee. I'm gonna say they were born in Tennessee. <laughs> I, I mean, they were if you little size that one. ones. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when a mommy pan and a daddy pan, you can love barely each other cook an much. egg in them. Um, <laughs> they were just made in Tennessee near our our, our uncle who who lives in who, who lived in Tennessee. They used to take their old mashed potatoes from the night before and make potato pancakes in the morning with like cornmeal. Like, yeah, Aunt Frankie, Uncle Denny's wife, made awesome, awesome pancakes with them, like with mashed potatoes. So I could see a mashed potato pancake brownie or a mashed potato pancake waffle being completely out of the world. Sure, sure. Basically, they say sour cream on there. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, You could use sugar cookie batter. And put it in the waffle maker. Sprinkle it with a little powdered sugar when it's done. You could do biscuit dough with a little mozzarella, pepperoni, and pizza sauce in between. Hello. Yeah, that sounds pretty damn good. Hell yeah. That's, ooh. Listen to this idea. Mm. Hash brown. Like as sprinkle the, hash as brown. The... Fried egg in between with a little guacamole. Put a little bit more uh, potato on top. Hash brown on top. Waffle Close that. Close waffle it. Yeah. And waffle. And just eat that. Um Falafel base with tzatziki, tomatoes, cucumbers, and parsley. That's pretty cool. That's a great idea. Have you ever had falafel? Nope. Do you know what it is? Nope. I don't know what it is either, but it's really, really good. And it's vegetable based. I mean, something with a silly name like that has to be fancy. Falafel. Falafel is like a, it's like a, it's like a green hush puppy. You know what a hush puppy is? Yeah, no, no. Like a fried ball of cornbread. Oh, yes. You get it with, like, seafood platters? Yeah, like, falafel, yeah. falafel, I'll have to look it up. You'll have, you'll have to, to look tots, it up. Tater tots, topped with cheddar cheese, a little jalapeno, a little diced tomatoes. That sounds good. And a chocolate brownie mix in yeah. your waffle and make a sundae out of and it. And throw some ice cream on top, man. That's great. Yeah, and I that love it. concludes our list of the ways hey. to turn up in the waffle game. And I will tell you right now. Order is up. Bitch. Falafel. Falafel. Falafel is a deep fried or patty shaped fritter uh, made from ground chickpeas and beans. It's almost like a hummus before it's ground. It's very good, very healthy. It's just a little ball. Yeah, and it's super good. You get them in Indian restaurants, so good, dude. Huh. Very healthy, very good. Court would probably actually really like them because okay. doesn't she like hummus? Oh, yeah. So sure. it tastes like it's sure. like, like hummus. But a fried ball of it, and it's not gooey. It's not like mozzarella stick gooey. It's yeah, almost like yeah, solid, like yeah. bread. Yeah, I hear you, dude. What a great episode! This, this was, was fun. I think we're gonna have tea with our episodes more often now. I feel I a like lot it. more. Uh, I feel a lot more clear-minded. Yeah, we sidetracked just a little bit. I mean, that's our. That's normal. That's that's our deal. That's yeah. what we're supposed to do. So, more to come with the uh, Boston Hot Sauce Festival and everything podcast iron along that. That's right. Front. Uh, so. We're looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll probably have another episode in between now and the show, maybe two. But uh, next episode, I think we're going to touch base on a little bit of the favorite Pequa. Ooh. And um, that'll be episode 10 already. 
Lots on the horizon, man. In episode 10, we're just getting started. Yep, and if you're listening to this, I want you to DM me and tell me what the hell you want to hear. Show me your pictures of stuff and say, I can't identify this. What the hell is this? What can you tell me about this? Hey, what brands do you want to hear? How about a topic suggestion? What Absolutely. kind of topics do you want to hear us cover? What kind hey. of recipes do you want us to cover? Stuff yeah. like that, anything like that. Opinion things. What is Kyle, What do you What do you think? Kyle suggests for certain types of flavors for a certain dish or whatever. Absolutely, Suggestions, all kinds of stuff are always welcome. Our inboxes are always open and your comments are always welcome. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Podcast Iron. I'm your host, Cast Iron Kyle, and I love my co-host, Tyler. Oh, uh, I love you too. Thank you for listening. Bye. Have a safe flight. Fuck. <laughs> Enjoy the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Exits on your right. Thanks for listening to Podcast Iron. To find out what Kyle has in his kitchen, visit castironkyle.com for his latest list of recommended products. And be sure to follow him on Instagram at castiron underscore Kyle.